going on, everybody? We are back with a Wednesday episode of From My Point of View, as promised. And a lot to go over for the past week, especially the NBA trade deadline is the biggest thing, I would say. And then over the past couple days, a lot of football news. Three big football, or four big football things, actually. The first one being Kyler Murray choosing football, the NFL, over the MLB. Kareem Hunt being signed to the Cleveland Browns. Antonio Brown coming out once again and being a diva. And then today, Joe Flacco being agreed to in principle to be traded to the Denver Broncos. And then, of course, the NBA trade deadline. So let's start with the football news since... That's probably a lot less to go over than the NBA trade deadline. We'll start with Kyler Murray. Now, Kyler Murray is something that has been... He's a guy that people have been talking about for a while now. Uh, I remember hearing his name all the way back when he was in A&M. Johnny Manziel used to rave about him. As everyone knows, or as most people who follow Kyler Murray know, Kyler Murray know he was drafted ninth overall by the Oakland Athletics. And his plan was to, I've talked about him on the podcast before, so if you listen, you know, it shouldn't be anything too new. So at the risk of repeating myself, I'll try and keep it short. But he was planning on going to the MLB and playing for the Oakland A's after this college football season ended where he was a starting quarterback for Oklahoma. Of course, he ended up winning the Heisman Trophy. Oklahoma lost in the college football playoff semifinals to Alabama. They, actually, they got smoked in the college football playoff final, I should say, or semifinal. And leading up to that game, there were whispers and rumblings, and even Kyler Murray himself released a statement that kind of made his, his future uncertain. It was always, you know, the football season would end, and he'd go play baseball, and that was it. But then these reports started to surface, and everyone started questioning, you know, should Kyler Murray consider the NFL? Should he be a quarterback? Should he declare for the draft? And slowly but surely, it molded into that. And then Kyler Murray came out, and he did declare for the NFL draft, but still had not made a comment about what he was going to pick. He just said, hey, I would like to be drafted. And people thought, you know, he could, if he fully declared to be a football player, or dedicated to be a football player, he'd probably be a first-round draft pick. But because he didn't yet, you know, a lot of people were saying, hey, maybe he'll go mid-rounds, late-rounds, someone will take a chance on him. But now he has released a statement that says he will fully dedicate his time and his life to being an NFL quarterback. Now, what does this mean in baseball terms? It means that Kyler Murray will now have to forfeit his $1.4, it was a little less than $1.4 million signing bonus that was given to him by the Oakland A's. He will have to give that back. And the Oakland A's kind of get screwed here. They don't get a compensation pick for Kyler Murray, so they essentially wasted their ninth overall draft pick. But they do retain his rights. So if he ever does decide that the football thing's not working out the way he thought it was going to do, and he wants to play baseball again or give baseball another shot, the Oakland A's still retain his rights as a baseball player. So, I mean, it sucks if you're the Oakland A's. You have to uh, you have to think that they knew that this was a risk when they drafted him ninth overall, which is why it was questionable they drafted him ninth overall. 
to say he didn't deserve to be drafted that high, I don't know. Honestly, I did not watch him that I I I don't think anyone really besides crazy baseball people and scouts watched Kyler Murray play baseball at Oklahoma. I know that he has a rocket arm, obviously. He's a good fielder and I mean I'm I read he batted fourth. He batted cleanup for the Sooners. So guy hit for average and has a little bit of pop. So he's a good baseball player. And taking him ninth overall probably seemed like a smart choice when he said he would come and play baseball. And then all this happened, so the Oakland A's kind of get screwed here. But now you turn your attention to the NFL draft, and Todd McShay, in his first mock draft, has Kyler Murray going 11th overall now to the Miami Dolphins. And the Dolphins just recently parted ways with Ryan Tannehill. I, I guess that would be a good fit. If he had to go somewhere, you know, down in Miami, nice weather, young team, uh, young quarterback, build around him. It's not bad. Not a bad choice if you're the Dolphins. However, Kyler Murray, for me, his football career is kind of questionable. I mean, I don't know how good he can be in the NFL. Obviously, being short isn't as detrimental to to a quarterback as it used to be. You know, you got Drew Brees, who isn't really that tall, and then, but a more favorable comparison to Kyler Murray would be Russell Wilson. They're around the same height, uh, same skill set, you know, mobile, can run out of the pocket, and also have a pretty good arms and are accurate. So, as far as Kyler Murray, your highest hopes are most likely to have a, a kind of Russell Wilson type of player. Now, Russell Wilson, when he came into the league, he was a very special case. He was one of the shorter quarterbacks that came into the league that was really, you know, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And I'm not sure if everyone, anyone expected that, considering his physical stature coming into the league, but he he's proved that he you, you can make it work if you're that size. You don't have to be like six foot three and over to be a dynamic quarterback. But obviously Kyler Murray, it'll be interesting to see because his whole life he's been split between baseball and football, even in college. He couldn't dedicate all of his time to being a quarterback. He couldn't dedicate all of his time to being a baseball player. Now he has that opportunity leading up to the draft and draft day workouts and stuff like that to dedicate 100% of his time to being an NFL quarterback. So who knows? He could, uh, his talent and his fundamentals and his intangibles could increase dramatically now that he has his mind and his body dedicated to football, to being a quarterback. So keep your eye out for Kyler Murray. Obviously, that will be a very interesting story throughout the the draft, the NFL draft, and the early part of his career and see how he pans out. Hopefully he made the right decision. You know, I obviously would, I don't wish any ill will towards him because he picked football over baseball. And the money thing obviously is a big issue, but even now with the way the NFL is built and the rules protecting the quarterbacks, Kyler Murray is going to make much more money in the NFL than he would in the MLB, especially right off the bat. Because in the MLB, you have to work your way up to being that, you know, $100 million-something player. In the NFL, 
He comes in, he's drafted, he's instantly the face of the franchise. And off that alone, you're making a lot of money. You get endorsements right away. So money-wise, it's not so black and white anymore where it used to be baseball is obviously the guarantee. Football, so-so. But now, especially for only, pretty much only for quarterbacks, it's, you know, you'd rather probably be an NFL quarterback at this age, Kyler Murray is 22 years old. So, I I think it'll work out for him. I hope it works out for him. Kareem Hunt. Obviously, he had his issues earlier or later in the NFL season with uh, the whole assault charges filed against him. The Chiefs released him, and he was placed on the commissioner's exempt list. But now he is being signed by the Cleveland Browns, and Cleveland Browns general manager John Dorsey said... Quote, I think everyone deserves a second chance. And he's right on that. Uh, He is right on that. But personal issues and off-the-field issues aside, this is an excellent signing for the Cleveland Browns. I mean, Kareem Hunt is a hell of a football player. There is no doubting about that, right? You, You can't deny... That Kareem Hunt doesn't instantly make the Cleveland Browns a better football team. I would argue, and honestly, I don't even think it's that hot of a take anymore. With the core they now have built, I think the Cleveland Browns might be favored to win the NFC North next year. But needless to say, this now this signing, I mean, the Cleveland Browns were always already kind of a, a not must watch, but you you wanted to watch the Cleveland Browns. It wasn't like. They were on TV and you were like, oh my God, I can't believe they put the Browns on TV just to watch them lose. They were competitive this year. Now, obviously, they didn't have a great record, but compared to last year when they didn't win any games, yeah. Yeah, the Cleveland Browns were pretty good. And now this year, they add Kareem Hunt into the mix with Nick Chubb and then all the other weapons they have on offense plus their defense, which is a a solid defense. I think the... and. Everything else that's going on, the Steelers are in turmoil, the Ravens are still working out Lamar Jackson and how to adapt with him as their starting quarterback, and they just trade Joe Flacco to the Broncos, which I will get to in a minute. Every other team, the Bengals are always a mess. You can never, never, ever think about the Bengals being serious. I mean, they they usually get off to good starts, and then they just collapse. The Bengals are always the Bengals, you know? Anyway, speaking of the another team in the AFC North, Antonio Brown, being a diva once again, he took to Twitter to say goodbye to Steeler Nation. He said it was a hell of a nine-year run, moving on onwards and forwards, I think he said. I don't know, something like that. He pretty much said goodbye to Steeler Nation, which is kind of ridiculous because I don't think the Steelers are going to trade him, which is, I mean, he's still under contract. I, I don't know what, who the hell he thinks he is, but... Antonio Brown seems to think that his time as a Steeler in the black and gold is at an end. Now, as I said, he's still on the contract. I think I read that if they trade him, the Steelers take like a $21 million cap hit. So There is a, a money issue to be had with the Pittsburgh Steelers if they trade Antonio Brown. Now, 
Maybe Antonio Brown just won't report to camp like Le'Veon Bell. Who knows? But I think they need to get rid of him. He he has become a cancer to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know, some people will defend him. It's it's He only cares about winning. He only cares about winning. Meanwhile, it's very obvious that he was upset that Juju Smith-Schuster had better stats than him. Uh, he complains when he doesn't get the ball. He is a modern-day Terrell Owens or Randy or a young Randy Moss. Take your pick. He's a diva, but he is. He he is caused nothing but headaches and problems for the Steelers' front office. The locker room had been there was reports coming out of the locker room that he was causing tension with Ben Roethlisberger, who's been there forever. I mean, he's no gem himself, Big Ben, but he is the franchise quarterback. He's been there forever. He's a two-time Super Bowl champion. Respect. So I, I think at this point, yes, he's still under contract, but the Steelers have no leverage, right? Who Who's going to trade for Antonio Brown, especially if his off-the-field issues are true? There was reports of him having domestic assault charges against his baby mama. So if those reports are true, which I'm not sure if they are, because I haven't, I haven't really heard anything other than the initial news when it broke. But if those reports are uh, he's causing off-the-field issues, on-the-field issues, who the hell wants him? I mean, obviously, he is ridiculously talented. He is, I, I don't even know if it's arguable at this point, but the best wide receiver in the league. Wildly talented. But if the Steelers want a first-round pick, why would a team... Give them a first-round pick if he's going to cause all these headaches and problems. Is he worth a first-round pick? Absolutely. Are the Steelers going to get a first-round pick? Maybe not. Like I said, because of all this shit that's happening around him, on the field and off the field. So that, you can definitely book that to be a, a headline for months to come leading up to the NFL season. I mean, we're in February the Super Bowl was two weeks ago, but Antonio Brown will be making headlines. This isn't the last time we're going to hear from Antonio Brown until the start of the season. I can guarantee you that. And the final piece of football news is what happened today, and I think it was the trade can't go through until March 31st or March 1st. It was either March 1st or March 31st. There was definitely one in there, and I know that's a big difference, but still. But the trade can't go through until March. Uh, so the Baltimore Ravens and the Denver Broncos agreed to, in principle, agreed to a trade for Joe Flacco and what is projected to be a mid-round draft pick, which I'm assuming is 4th, 5th. So I, I don't... The Broncos. I don't. I hope the Broncos aren't stupid enough to give a third round pick for Joe Flacco. That would be ridiculous. But fourth or fifth, I mean, I I still wouldn't trade that for Joe Flacco. But go ahead, whatever. They already did it. So, but Joe Flacco now most likely going to be the starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos and replace Case Keenum. And the Broncos were very mediocre this year. Uh. They weren't, you know, you didn't go to Denver or Denver didn't come to your home stadium and you didn't and just you didn't just run over them. They were competitive, but mediocre. They didn't win a lot of games. And 
I think they have a top 10 pick. So they should aim to draft a quarterback. I don't think signing a whatever how old 34-year-old Joe Flacco, I, I don't think that solves your quarterback situation at all. Uh, Joe Flacco, Super Bowl champion, yes, has pretty good statistics in the playoffs at least. You know, seasoned veteran, respect to Joe Flacco, but his regular season numbers are mediocre at best. He is not your answer at quarterback, especially because he's 34 years old. It's not like you're drafting for a guy who has been so-so, but he's 24, you know, or 25, 26, even 27. It's not like, you know, he he's Joe Flacco. He has no more potential. He's hit his ceiling. He hit his ceiling years ago. So you're getting what you're getting, and you know who Joe Flacco is as a quarterback, and there's no way he's your answer. And, you know, John Elway did it years years ago where, I say years ago like it was decades ago, but, you know, five, six, seven years ago he did it with Peyton Manning, and that worked. He plugged an older Peyton Manning, uh, bum shoulder, didn't throw as hard as he used to, couldn't throw as deep as he could, but an incredibly intelligent quarterback, plugged him into the Broncos' lineup, and they won a Super Bowl. They went to two Super Bowls, won one. So that worked. Same thing's not going to happen with Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco is not the same quarterback Peyton Manning was, even with Peyton's shot arm. He's not. And Elway's kind of, since Peyton Manning retired, Elway's been plugging in quarterbacks trying to make it work, and it hasn't. And it's tough because their defense is still very good. The Broncos still have a very good defense, just that their offense can't do shit because they don't have a quarterback. And now you have, so you still have your good defense. You have this diamond in the rough you found this year, Philip Lindsay, rookie All-Pro or Pro Bowler. I don't know if he made All-Pro, but Pro Bowler, undrafted rookie. So you got mileage. You're gonna get mileage out of him. You got a good defense. You just need a, a competent quarterback. And I'm not saying Joe Flacco is incompetent, but he's not going to get you over that hump. I, I, he doesn't. Joe Flacco doesn't make the Broncos better than the Chiefs. I mean, you're in a division with the Chiefs, like the Chiefs and the Chargers. I almost forgot about the Chargers. You still had they had an incredible year. I don't know if they'll repeat it next year. But they certainly can. You know, they're not just a team to forget about. So I don't know what this pick really, or what this trade really does for the Broncos. Because if they have a top 10 pick, they need to draft a quarterback. They need to draft a quarterback. They can't just take someone, uh, take the best available player if it's not a quarterback. And then just be stuck, not stuck with, well, yeah, no, yeah, they'd be stuck with Joe Flacco. Because who, who knows what's going to happen next year? You don't know. Joe Flacco or Case Keenum, neither one of them is your quarterback of the future. And you had other guys out there. I mean, you could have paid through the nose for Nick Foles. You could have brought in Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill's still pretty young. He's 30, I think. There's a couple other guys out there you probably could have brought in instead of trading a Free agents, mind you, that you could have brought in instead of trading for a 34-year-old Joe Flacco, who is way past his peak. Can he still throw it a mile 
no pun intended, because he's playing in Denver now. Yes. Is that worth it for a mid-round pick? I have no I don't think so. Joe Flacco is Joe Flacco. He's mediocre. We know this. Anyway, that is a little bit of our, our football fix there. Some football news happening, and I miss it. I'm sure everyone misses it. But next thing you know, it'll be summer, September, and football will be back. But till then, we're just going to have to live on these these headlines popping up here and there. Now the NBA trade deadline. So I'm not going over every single trade because there was a pretty good amount of commotion going on in the NBA trade deadline. I'm going to go over the major ones or the ones that I think have significance. Now, we went over the Porzingis trade for Dennis Smith Jr., DeAndre Jordan. We went over that already, or I put in my two cents for that already. I don't really want to repeat it. Everyone knows what it is. Kind of old news now. We know what we got, right? So here are the ones that happened during the trade line. Let's start with Anthony Davis not being traded because that was the, the headline for the trade, the NBA trade deadline, right? Was Anthony Davis going to get traded? Was he going to go to the Lakers? And the Lakers, they, they showed their hand. They are, Magic Johnson said, I'm willing to trade everybody. Here's my offer. Josh Hart, Kyle Kuzma, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, like a first-round draft pick. That was that was his offer, pretty much, was everybody. Everybody not named LeBron James and a first-round draft pick you can have for Anthony Davis. And the Pelicans said, screw you. You're making a joke of our franchise. So, yeah, we want. they played the Lakers so hard. Lakers showed their hands, caused turmoil. I don't know if the turmoil is still there in the locker room, but during the trade deadline, they played the Pacers and lost by 45 points. And it looked like no one wanted to play. No one wanted anything to do with LeBron James. So the Pelicans got a ha-ha. We fucked over your locker room. And now, also, they're going to wait to the summer because then the Celtics can make an offer. So they're going to wait to the summer, see who else can make offers to get Anthony Davis. And if none of them are better than what the Lakers are, then they're going to turn around and say, hey, Magic, remember at the trade deadline when you offered us five of your young best players, pretty much your entire starting lineup, and a first-round draft pick for Anthony Davis. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and take that now. Because they can. The Lakers played their hand. Magic Johnson said, this is my best offer. And the Pelicans said, no thank you. We're going to ride out the rest of the season and see if Boston has anything else better to offer because they have better young players than you do. And if we don't like that offer anyway, we're going to come back and take that other one from you anyway. So thanks. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. I think the Pelicans played the trade deadline and Anthony Davis situation to perfection. Now, credit to Anthony Davis. He's not being a big bitch about it. He's coming out, playing hard every night, trying to win basketball games for New Orleans. He's not half-assing it. He's not putting in you know, minimal effort. He's really going out. He's playing his hardest. He's playing to the best of his abilities. So you got to respect that, even after all the bullshit and trade drama and all that nonsense. So that is the biggest trade that didn't happen was between New Orleans and Los Angeles. New Orleans did make some other moves. Uh, they got Stanley Johnson from the Pistons and a couple of other pieces. So they made a couple moves, acquired a bunch of draft picks, a lot of second rounders, a couple first rounders. So not 
Not a terrible trade deadline for the Pelicans. They still got Anthony Davis, got a couple other pieces. So they're still trying to compete. They're not tanking, obviously. You can't really tank with Anthony Davis. But one team, there, there's three more or four more trades that I think are important to go over. So the first one being Marcus Saul to the Toronto Raptors. The Memphis Grizzlies traded Gasol to the Raptors for Jonas Valanciunas, DeLon Wright, CJ Miles, and a second round pick. And I think this is significant, obviously, because Marcus Saul is very good. And the Raptors, even though they just traded Valanciunas, who's also good and younger than Gasol, not as good as Gasol, though. So they traded for Gasol, playoff veteran, playoff seasoned. And it's very obvious that the Raptors are pushing their chips all in. With that trade, the Raptors pushed their chips all in. They are going for it this year. They have Kawhi Leonard. They have a lot of other good players around surrounding him. You know, Kyle Lowry, obviously, Danny Green. Uh, Pascal Siakam is on a different planet this year as far as what he's, in past years, what he produced to this year. He's on a different planet. And now you add Marcus Gasol into the mix. They got, you know, Fred Van Vliet, a bunch of other guys off the bench. The Raptors are pushing all in. They know this is their year. They're second in the East. Just, I think, a game, game and a half, two games max behind the Milwaukee Bucks. They know that, I mean, last year they thought that this was this, their year, right? Last year they thought it was their year, but LeBron was still in the East. LeBron is not in the East anymore. He's out West, might not even make the goddamn playoffs, which I will get to when I talk about another trade. So, no LeBron, which has been the kryptonite for the Raptors organization for the past, you know, decade. And now they come in, they have arguably the best player in the East, second best player, if you're asking me, Giannis is the best, and then Kawhi Leonard. So you got a great team in Toronto, a great team, and they could make the finals this year. I wouldn't put it past them to make the finals this year. I think it is well within their reach. Last year, you asked me, I said no, obviously, because they were going to lose to LeBron. Everyone saw that coming. Like, there was no way anyone actually thought the Raptors were going to beat the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, it's very much in the possibility that the Raptors can make the uh, the finals. Will they win the finals? Probably not if they're playing the Warriors, but they definitely have a chance to get there. Second trade I want to talk about is the Sacramento Kings acquiring Harrison Barnes from the Dallas Mavericks for Zach Randolph and Justin Jackson. And why is this important? Well, one, I love the Sacramento Kings, especially with the young players they have there. I love De'Aaron Fox. I love Buddy Heald. I love Marvin Bagley. They're all great. Harry Giles is finally, finally becoming or almost back to full strength to the player that he was. He was so highly touted coming into Duke, and then he got injured again. He got injured at senior high school, got injured again at Duke, dropped all the way to, like, I think the late teens, early 20s of the draft, where he was supposed to be the number one pick in. So he has definitely had his his problems. But now, finally healthy, and he's producing. When him He is a rebounding machine. When him and Bagley are out there, it's one and done for the other team. They're going to get the rebound. There's no offensive rebounds when they're on, when they're on the court together. There just isn't. So they got a, a lot of young, I'm probably forgetting, Willie Cauley-Stein's nothing to scoff at. He's an excellent center, excellent traditional center, meaning defense and rebounding, and that's all he's there for. 
which is okay. They they don't need him to be a, a scorer. So like I said, a lot of young guys. Now you throw in Harrison Barnes, you know, championship winner. Exp- he's experienced now, still very young, but he's an experienced player as far as going into the playoffs and stuff like that goes. So you add him into the mix, and all of a sudden, lineup's looking pretty good. You got Fox, Heald, Barnes. I think Bezalika is starting, not Bagley. So Bezalika and Cauley Stein, Bagley coming off the bench with Giles. Alec Burks they also traded for. They traded for Iman Shumper for him, which is an eh trade, but they got Alec Burks now. And then Bogdan, uh, Bogdan ba- uh, Boyanovich. So they got him in the uh, he's got kicked out of the starting rotation for Harrison Barnes, unfortunately. But still coming off the bench, gonna get good minutes. They run, you know, nine, ten deep now. Frank Mason, solid, solid backup point guard, and Yogi Ferrell. So not I'm not saying they are they're contenders by any stretch of the imagination, but they are I think they're gonna make the playoffs. And I I don't know if the Lakers will. The Lakers lost last night, Tuesday, uh, the 12th, to the Atlanta Hawks. They lost to the Atlanta Hawks. I think it was like 117 to 113. I mean, you can't beat the Atlanta Hawks. LeBron has carried worse teams than this Lakers team. But I just don't think he wants to carry a team anymore. I really don't. I don't think he cares. I don't think he cares about winning a championship this year. Will he care if he gets another guy there alongside him to share the load? Yeah, I think he'll be back to full LeBron mode, like let's go win a championship. But right now, I think he's kind of out of it until they get another guy. They're just cruising right now. Try and get these young guys some experience. So I don't think the Lakers make the playoffs. Right now, the Lakers are sitting, I think, in the 10th spot right now in the Western Conference. The Kings are sitting in the eighth. The Kings are like six games, seven games over 500. I think they're like 31 and 25, 31 and 26. The Kings are pretty good. And I think if they even don't make the playoffs this year, I think in years to come they're going to be a playoff contender. They got a great young core in Sacramento. They play fast and they play hard. And when they are running on all cylinders, it is tough to stop them. So I really like Sacramento, and I think they could squeak into the eight, maybe even the seven seed this year. Does that mean they'll get past the first round of playoffs? Probably not, but to see them in the playoffs would be exciting. Now, the next two trades have to do with this Philadelphia 76ers. So... The first one and the lesser one being that the the Markel Fultz era in Philadelphia is finally over. He played 30-something games for Philly. You know, people think there's mentally something wrong with him. He couldn't handle the pressure. He cracked under pressure. Someone thought that, you know, he broke his jump. He did break his jump shot. I don't know who taught him or what kind of coaching or trainers he had that made him break his jump shot. But the guy just simply can't shoot a basketball anymore, can't shoot a free throw. And mentally, he just doesn't look like he knows how to play the game of basketball anymore. I don't know what happened. No one does. It's going to go down as one of the greatest mysteries in sports. 
I guarantee that because he was he was a lock, man. I mean, he was a great college player, and now he just he forgot how to play basketball. But we could talk all day about Markel Fultz. Anyway, the Sixers traded him to the Orlando Magic for a first-round pick via Oklahoma City and a second-round pick. So they get a first-round pick from Markel Fultz. It's from Oklahoma City, so I don't know exactly how great it's going to be because Oklahoma City is a very good basketball team. But they get a first-round pick regardless. Good job, Sixers, for finally unloading Markel Fultz. And in return, they get Jonathan Simmons as well. Forgot to mention that. So they get a first round, a second round, and Jonathan Simmons for Markel Fultz. Jonathan Simmons, pretty good player, adds extra depth to that wing for the Philadelphia 76ers. And the big trade for the Sixers now, they went and traded for the Clippers, who the Clippers blew it up. Uh, They were doing okay. They were doing very well in the beginning of the year, and they've been struggling recently. So they just decided to blow it up, and they traded Tobias Harris, Boban uh, Maranovic, Mike Scott to the Sixers in exchange for Landry Shemet, Wilson Chandler, Mike Muscala, who's now on the Lakers, a 2020 first-round pick, a 2021 first-round pick, a 2021 and 2023 second-round pick. So the Sixers get some depth now, right? They get Mike Scott, Bobin, and Tobias to add to, so now your starting lineup's looking something like Ben Simmons running the point, J.J. Redick, Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, and Joel Embiid. You got a backup center in Bobin. You got Mike Scott. He's a big man. He can shoot. T.J. McConnell on the bench. You're, you're running about 8-9 deep now if you're the Sixers, which is more than you can say earlier in the year when you were running you know, 5-6 deep, and that's it. You got a little bit more depth now if you're the Philadelphia 76ers, and that's really all you wanted. So I think they made out pretty good at the trade deadline, and I think these trades automatically make them a better, obviously they make them a better team, but also more of a threat to be a contender in the Eastern Conference. Because before this trade, when I said, like I said, when they didn't have depth and they were running five, six guys, and that's it, I I couldn't take them seriously because in the playoffs they were just going to get gassed, and that's it. Teams like the Celtics and the Raptors and the Bucks, who have, you know, they run 10, 11 guys deep. They were just going to run the Sixers out of the building. Now, not so much. Even though Boston did just beat, they just edged out Philly last night also. And Boston, man, Kyrie's hurt, I think, again, which is scary. You know, he's so injury prone. But when Kyrie's out, I feel like the Sixers, I mean, the, Celtics excel, especially Jason Tatum. I don't know what it is, but I just I don't know if Jason Tatum and Kyrie Irving can play on the same team. And the Celtics record's very good. You know, they're a good basketball team. I just every time I watch them play, they don't look like they're as good as they should be. But I digress. There is so much of that to talk about. And we will. We will talk about a lot of that as the playoffs approach uh this Sunday. Or this Saturday is the skills competitions with, uh, the um, well, NBA All-Star Weekend, I should say. So it's a skill competition, three-point contest, dunk contest. And then Sunday is, that's Saturday, and then Sunday is the NBA All-Star Game. 
So those those are always it's always a fun weekend to watch that, especially last year they did the draft and this year they did the draft as well. They televised it. But now it's it's funny because it used to be just a blowout, you know, recreational kind of game. No one really tried, but now that they have the two captains and they they have the all-stars and then the captains select their own teams. It's kind of like pickup basketball. There's a more of a, especially last year, I'm assuming it'll be the same this year. There's a competitive edge to it. You know, they don't go all out. For years, it was, they kind of messed around and then the fourth quarter came and it would be like a five, six point game and the teams would really crack down and play as hard as they can. And then it became kind of a joke where they were scoring like 150, 160 points because no one was playing defense and it was each. And it was kind of ridiculous. And then last year, they played pretty competitively, and it was fun to watch. This year, it'll be the same. I like the way they did the All-Star game now to avoid having that kind of blowout, let's just shoot as much as we can and score as much as we can kind of game, where now there is a little bit of defense being involved, at least. And then Saturday night, with the dunk contest and three-point contest, it'll be interesting. Those are always I, I always enjoy watching that because it's fun. Um, skills competition, I'm taking De'Aaron Fox because he's my guy. And three-point competition, I'm going to take Danny Green because he's also my guy. He probably won't win because this field for the three-point contest is stacked. But I'll take Danny Green because that's my dude. And the dunk contest, I'll go with Miles Bridges. I like Miles Bridges a lot. He's uh, he's shown flashes this year. I think he's he's got... He's got definite bounce, and he's a mid-sized guy. He's not too big, but he's not too small. He's floating around 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, so I, I like that size for him. Also, the Grammys were on Sunday. I don't know if anyone watched that, but the fact that Travis Scott didn't win at least one Grammy is kind of ridiculous. Uh, the person who won Best Album, I don't even know who you are. Like The Grammys are such a joke, man. I'm sorry. I had to throw my two cents in on the Grammys. They are such a joke. It's so frustrating to watch that shit now. The Oscars aren't much better, but they're a, they're a little better for me. I think maybe that's because I like actors more than musicians now. I, I have no idea. But the Grammys are such... They are just so aggravating. Cardi B, a lot of respect for Cardi B. Love her music, a lot of respect, but she should not have one best rap album. I, I, I don't want to sound like a hater. I really do like Cardi B a lot. I loved her album. I thought it was awesome. I just don't know if should it should have beaten out the other I don't know if it should have beaten I don't know I think Scorpion was Scorpion was definitely up for best album so I'm assuming it was also up for best rap album I I, I think it was better than Scorpion but I don't know if it was better than Daytona or Astroworld for Pusha T and Travis Scott I think one of those two should have came home with the the win for that and not Invasion of Privacy no smack on cart like there's no there's no hate on Cardi B I'm just saying I think those two were just better albums. That's all. From top down. Daytona. Astroworld I give a little bit of an edge to just because it was longer. There were more songs on it that were better. Even though Daytona was, what, eight songs? of, They were all good. So, it's a toss-up. I think, But I think it should have been one of those two, not Cardi B. No offense, Cardi. Anyway, that'll wrap it up for this episode of From My Point of View. Thank you all for listening once again. And I will talk to you guys next week after the NBA All-Star break. Make this
on in the booth At the gate outside When they pull up, they get me loose Yeah, jump out, boys That's Nike boys hopping our coops This shit way too big When we pull up, give me the loot Give me the loot Was off the Remy Had up at post Had to hit my old town To duck the news Two-four hour lockdown We made no moves Now it's 4 a.m. And I'm back up popping with the crew I just landed in Chase B mixes pop like Jamba Joes Different color chains Think my jeweler really selling fruits And they joking, man Know the crackers wish it was a no Someone said 